I can't wait for you to hear today's interview. He's somebody that has had a significant impact in my life. Henry Amar is an international speaker, entrepreneur, has a top-rated podcast, Making It Happen with Henry Amar. He influences people across the globe, speaking to audiences as large as 35,000. He studies human behavior and helps people overcome their fears and limiting beliefs, stepping into the person they were meant to be. In today's interview, Henry gives us so much value. He also tells us about his spiritual journey, where he asks the question, is there a God, and takes us to where he is today. He has a light that shines so bright to all all of those around him. I believe you're going to hear it in his voice today. Welcome to the show, Henry. I've got a question for you. Who's the person you're being? Are you satisfied? It's okay. This is a judge-free zone, and it's exactly why I started the show. Welcome to Be the Person, a podcast for the brave and the curious who are ready to explore who they are fully created to be. I'm your host, Annie Randall, the adventurous one leading this investigative journey of transformation. By delving into topics and asking unexpected questions, we will discover the keys for unlocking our true potential and being our best selves today. You may be surprised by what you find when you let go of fear in order to discover the answers of becoming the person you were made to be. Welcome to Be The Person podcast. I'm super excited to introduce someone to you that honestly I've been following and listening to a lot the past year. It's Henry Amar. Welcome to the show, Henry. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. You know, it was crazy last, it was about this time last year, we have a mutual friend, Amberly Lago, and I was starting to plan out a mastermind and telling her a little bit about what I wanted to do. And she said, do you know who Henry Amar is? Have you ever listened? And I said, no. And she sent me her podcast and said, I think you need to listen to him. And honestly, I just like binged your whole podcast. I listened to so many episodes. So I was just thrilled when she said that you were going to be in North Carolina. And then when I got in the airport, uh, in the car, and you were there and we got to connect, it was just super exciting for me. Yeah, I think it was so cool. And I love Amberly so much. She's not she like a walking angel, like literally she's incredible. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad I've gotten to know you. And you're just, I just have to compliment you. Your passion to serve and light and to love and to just use your life for good is just so cool. And so thank you for all that you do in the world. Appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really you know, I think this is going to be a really fun and interesting conversation. So I'm super excited that you have agreed to it today. But we know that you do so much, Henry. You have a podcast, Making It Happen with Henry Amar, which again, I just love. You run a mastermind. You're a husband, a dad. You do speaking and singing. In the season right now, what are you most excited about? Man, you know, it's funny, and this will probably lead into so many questions, but um, in the beginning of this year, 
And so I'm not sure when this podcast episode will be released, but January of 2023, I had a profound experience. And it was sort of a spiritual experience for me, you know, and uh, I knew that it was a season of massive growth for me. And I, I love growth. Like to me, the common denominator in everything I do is me. So the more that I get to learn and grow, the better everything else becomes in my life, the better impact I have, the better husband I can be, the better you know, the more success you could have, which means you could have more impact. And it just kind of grows in every way. The more I, the better I view myself, the better my relationship spiritually is. And uh, in January, I had, I did this event um, where I did the opening ceremonies for this company. And uh, we put together music and this whole experience and it was inspirational and it was entertaining and everything. And I was sitting in the parking lot after one of my meetings with them. It was like December, January. And uh, I just, I, I heard these words in my heart. I, before I drive for me, I mean, you guys, like my friends are all walks of life. Like, you know, this is my personal belief. My friends are all walks of life, but I pray before I drive. Just, it's kind of like a little ritual I have. I pause, I connect, and then I drive, you know, because it's easy to go on autopilot. And it's my way of kind of breaking autopilot for a second and just connecting to myself, connecting to me, it's God. And, and so I heard these words and it said, um, what, what I heard was, it's time to expand your island of fear so I could do more with you. And, you know, I'm a big believer on where this, where we feel safe in is where we stay, right? So if I feel uncomfortable or if I, out of my comfort zone, but who really feels comfortable in their comfort zone? I don't know that many people that do, right? But so I call it the safety zone. Um, you know, we usually stay in this path and, you know, we swim within this circle, but in order to get something new, I have to be able to expand what my nervous system feels safe in, what I feel comfortable doing, the things I'm typically afraid of. And so I knew what that meant. And I had this like massive, like weirdly nervous system reaction. Fear came up and I was like, I know that means I'm about to step out of my zone and this is going to be like a season of growth, you know, and growth is beautiful. And sometimes it's hard. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it was really interesting because as I was processing it, I do a lot of deep work within myself. I've studied human behavior for 26 years, but I love breakthroughs. I love the fact that like I get to be a better person and I realized that the next level, what did the next level of leadership mean for me? What does it mean to be more lovingly bold? What does it mean to step out and take up the space that I was called to take up and allow everybody else to do the same, right? And so this one phrase came to me as I was dissecting, you know, where my strengths were, where I wanted to evolve. And I, I shared this a lot, but it's never been put this way. The, the, the words came, love yourself exactly where you are and love yourself enough not to stay where you are. Mm -hmm. And it was such a beautiful thing because sometimes we think, oh, I'm, I'm not enough. I got to keep going or, you know, or we don't, it's like, no, that we cannot grow without loving ourselves. We can't grow without fully um, embracing a safe place for us to grow. And so what, I'm, what am I excited about, at least to this, I've had some massive breakthroughs, some massive shifts in my life to where I feel like a completely Henry 2.0 from the beginning of this year. And I am so excited for what I'm creating and how I'm showing up. I'm going through a full uh, reset. I haven't posted anything online in like a while. I just posted stories, you know, we just did a retreat and stuff, but I'm kind of going to just put all the content out that I have. And I'm just really excited to step into this version of me, because I believe it's going to create so much more impact and add so much more value to people. Um, and I'm just, 
I'm excited about this next year, to be honest. A lot of creation. We're building out something which I believe will affect tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people in the next three to five years. So I'm really, really excited about that. I just want to serve and help, you know? So long story to your short <laughs> question, you know? <laughs> I can't wait to see all the stuff that you're going to put out. And I'm also just, I think that's so awesome because like you said, you've studied this for 26 years. Like you have been to so many things, but yet you're still inventing Henry 2.0. Yeah, always. powerful. Yeah, always. I, and that's the beautiful part about it is like, I get to grow, right? I'm, it's weird. In the beginning when I used to, you know, if anyone's listening, I bet you almost everybody listening, including myself at times, when we discover something that we want to grow in or we're not doing good, and, you know, we beat ourselves up and we're, we're mad at ourselves or we're so angry with ourselves. And the reality is um, you can't beat yourself up into healing, right? You can't ha hate yourself into loving yourself. You can't, you know, it doesn't work that way. And we're, we're conditioned to be so hard on ourselves when in reality, like I, I've, I've learned in my life, like it's funny because I'm, I'm married. I love my wife. My wife is like oh, the, such a blessing in my life. I, I'm so grateful. And when I, but when I was single, I remember talking to my friend and we're talking about her love life. And she was like, Henry, I, I feel so closed off. Like I let people in just enough. You know, I, I'm a little afraid to let people in all the way. And, and, you know, so I always get hurt because I, I, I attract people that only want to be let in halfway who aren't fully committed. And so we were just talking about that. And, and I started smiling and she's, and at first she's like, why are you smiling? Like, it isn't funny to me. And I was like, I said, I'm smiling because I realized I'm similar. I was single at the time. I was like, I think I've been hurt so much that subconsciously I was protecting myself. And the same walls that keep pain out are also the same walls that keep love out. So I, I ended up just getting so excited. And I, was, I remember clapping and being like, oh my gosh. She, I was like, I'm happy because now I know a reason why I'm running this pattern. And I, now I could change the pattern so I could attract more to my life. And so to me, every day is another chance to evolve and to get it right and to enhance. And it doesn't mean I'm not good now because then I could love myself where I'm at and love myself to evolve, to expand my life. And I, I am such a fan of growth. I'm such a fan of uh, personal development and nervous system health and, you know, emotional wellness and mental health and all the things. Why? Because every day when I get better, life gets better. And it doesn't mean I'm not great now. I love myself. Like it sounds, you know, it's funny when people say that. It's like this weird thing when people say that. It's like I genuinely love myself. And I'm so grateful that I built a new relationship with myself because I've had to cultivate a new relationship with myself because I used to live in fear. I used to feel stuck. I used to be so always just looking in the mirror and be like, oh man, like you gotta be, it's like everything was never enough. And when I would get one accomplishment, I would look for the next one and then the next one. But I kept trying to fill a void outside of me when I knew that I could find fulfillment moment to moment as I was growing. And so I love growth. And one of my favorite quotes and then um, is, and it's, it's silly, but it's fun to me. It says, if we haven't spoken in over a year, allow me to reintroduce myself because my growth game is strong. And it's only funny because it's like, I hope I grow that much. And I hope a year from now, if we talk, you're like, Henry, like, what did you evolve in? I'm like, oh my gosh, like I had another massive breakthrough and I'm excited for life. And I'm a better husband, a better man today, uh, hopefully making a bigger impact today than I ever have because of the fact that I get to evolve and grow. Wow. There's so much in there. 
And I think that's why I think people would look at you now and never think that you struggled with fear or not being good enough or all of those things. And you talk about that a lot on your podcast. And I think that's why I related so much to you. And also maybe just keeping that wall for a lot of times for me, it was that wall was always half up. I wasn't going to let people in all the way because of a fear. What if they really knew me and didn't like me? That hurts a lot worse than if you just know part of me and don't like me. Well, then you don't really know the real Annie. Right. So all of those things I definitely can relate to. I'm guessing our audience probably can too. But tell me a little bit, how did you start to unpack that and overcome that fear and not feeling good enough? Yeah, I... You know, it's funny when I was 17. So my nickname used to be passive. I was so scared to say how I felt because I didn't want to rock the boat. I wanted people to like me. I wanted validation. I would just go with the flow and I would never fully say how I felt. Um, I, I was people pleasing all the time. I was walking. I felt like I was walking on eggshells everywhere I went. I would go in a room and not feel like I belonged in the room. And and um, interesting story this year of, a, of an even greater manifestation of the next level of where that evolved into, but at 17 years old, someone put a book in front of me and I started reading questions in the, this book and I wasn't going to read the book, but I flipped through it and there was a series of questions at the end of one of the chapters. And I was like, oh my gosh, can people change? Like, am I, is this a life sentence? Is this internal prison? I created a life sentence. And I was like, I don't think it is. Wait, I can grow. I don't have to be stuck. And so I got obsessed when I say obsessed, like I'm at the gym, even now, like this morning, I'm listening to things. I'm, I'm working out, listening to things. I'm because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I get to, I get to, I don't have to be stuck here. And so I got obsessed, like literally day after day after day, I would find the courage to interview somebody that had more confidence or more success. And I would just, I was like, there has to be patterns. There has to be, there's a reason why that person's confident they didn't start out successful. Maybe they started out not successful. And so I became a, a very much a, an obsessed creature of learning human behavior, learning the nervous system, learning like, how does this operating system work? How can I gain more inner freedom? How do I break the limits that are inside of me and really understand myself? How do I learn to love myself? How do I learn to be free? And I, I got obsessed. So it was just initially it was hope that it's possible to change. And if you're listening to this or you're watching this podcast or you're listening to it or you're watching a clip of it, whatever it is, there's a part of you that knows there's hope, right? And, and we have to believe that. So Tony Robbins, I think it was him that said, there's, there's four things you need to actually go after something. First, you need to believe it's possible, right? So if I don't believe it's possible, I won't go after it. Second, you need to believe there's a way to get there. Third, you need to believe that you can take that way there. And fourth, you need to believe it's worth it. And so at that moment, when I, when I saw the questions, I was like, oh my gosh, it's possible to grow. And there's these books and there's these teachers that can that show me the way there and I can take that way there. And I was like, is it worth it? Absolutely, because I don't want to live my life stuck. I know I'm made for more. I know that there are things I want to accomplish in life. I want to be free. I want to feel good about myself. I want to build confidence. And so I went after it. And so for the last 26 years, I have not stopped to this, this morning, like literally as I was getting ready for this and getting ready, I'm listening to podcasts or listening to something because for me, it's just like, I just love it. And so that's what was the catalyst for me. 
Wow. So good. That's the way I am too. I'm always listening to something to try and get more and more in. My husband's like, don't you want to listen to music when you work out? And I'm like, no, not always. The last time this podcast, because I really want to learn and grow on that information. Yeah. That's so awesome. And I have my playlist, to like regulate my nervous system, you know, and I know when I have like a really, like I have a really big meeting tomorrow, for example, and I have a massive meeting on Monday. I mean like humongous. And so sometimes when I can feel having a radical loving self-honesty, and I think those adjectives are really important, right? Loving self-honesty and radical truth is so important to me. So when I'm self-aware and I realize, oh my gosh, I'm feeling dysregulated or my, my body's afraid of this meeting thinking, oh my gosh, you've never raised that much money for something before, you know, meeting with someone really high up in the government. Right. And so it's like, there's all these things that are going on because I want to move the, the, the programming forward for schools to help have emotional regulation tools. I want to move these things forward for national and international programs to help not only the older generation, but the younger generation learn these things. Right. And so I'm going to meet with some really influential people. So when I feel myself doing that, sometimes I know like, what does my body need? Sometimes it's podcasts. Sometimes I have this playlist literally that I, I just play and it like brings me so much peace. And so I'll just play in the background and I'll just like, so being lovingly and radically self-aware of what do I really need in the moment? Cause I go, go, go. But what people also don't maybe see is like, I also am still, still, still when I need to be right. And because um, I, I was talking to somebody who was really extremely successful yesterday and she was like, Henry, I have learned to listen to my body and I've learned to listen to what I need because if not, I, she was, when I do, I'm more effective. When I used to have a belief that all I had to do was go grind, grind, grind versus really listening to what is the optimal state of Henry or the optimal state of Anne or whoever's listening. And so self-awareness is key. And so what might be good for me may just be a catalyst for you to think of something that's good for you. What type of people are you surrounding yourself? What do, what do you need at that moment? Sometimes for me, it's growth. And this morning was a combination. I was listening to a podcast, but when I got up, I, I knew I had to center myself. I, for me, it's prayer and I read, and then I listened to this playlist and then I kind of, I set my intentions. I literally went outside. I looked, I'm on a farm right now. I looked out the sun. I talked to my sister and just made sure she knew I loved her. And um, I took my shoes off. I grounded and I just like, prayed and just soaked in the sun and got myself ready for the day because today I knew over the next couple of days, I needed extra groundedness or is that even a word? Extra grounding, I should say. So, uh, so that that's, it's, it's really cool to be aware. Yeah. So important. And I think all of those practices, because we live in a crazy world that a lot of times you grind, grind, grind and go and just knowing yourself and asking yourself those questions. What do you really need today? Yeah. And then all the way through is so important. I love that you do that and that you take time to do that because I think you show up as who you are, which is amazing. Oh, and it's, it's so nice when you recognize the places you're not free. With me. No, I read this quote the other day. It was really cool and it ties into this because I study, you know, trauma. I study peak performance. I study leadership. I study like, I say fears, but what fears are is fear of success, fear of failure, anxious feelings, not feeling good enough, um, worrying what people think about you, perfectionism, self-sabotage, procrastination, shame, you know, 
inauthenticity, playing small. It, like the list is so long where it's just your body saying, I don't feel safe. And I was listening to something and it says, um, it, it said something along the lines of um, when we, when we're operating in a triggered state where we are not being, we're just being who we need to be to survive. And so the, the, the reality is for me, when my fears show up, when my limitations show up, when the resistance shows up in my life, my body's just trying to keep me safe and alive. So instead of just going with the flow and just getting caught up in that energy, I want to step into my power and take my power back and say, okay, what do I need right now? And I can show up more authentically to you because how am I authentic if I'm not operating from a loving, grounded, present space? I'm operating in a past program. That's not who I am, you know? Right. So true. So true. Do you wish you had more community, deeper friendships? I have an amazing way for you to build it. On our wellness retreat in Italy next April, we'll be spending four nights in Tuscany, where we'll be doing biking, wine tasting, and cooking classes. We'll finish with two days touring Rome. It's the perfect Italian getaway. Look for more information in the show notes. I wanna change gears just a little bit because I really wanna share with our audience now. I love everything so far and I feel like we could just keep going here. But I'm going to shift gears for just a minute. And I want to talk a little bit about your faith journey because you shared just a little bit from stage in North Carolina and a little bit more with us in the taxi on the way to the airport. But tell me a little bit about what that's been like for you and just your journey in faith overall. Yeah. I mean, around the same time, when I was doing all this personal development work, I, I'm a truth seeker. I love truth. I love growth. And um, I think some situations in life happened to where it made me ask for me personally, was there a God? Like, is there a God? You know, I had experiences at church earlier and I felt like there was so much shame and culture associated with it. And so as a teenage boy, you're like, eh, thanks. And I was kind of a wild child. I was in the music industry after, right? And so you go on this journey and then you realize if there is something I want to know, you know, and I, it's at least worth the, the, the journey to search. And if I, if I, if I go down the road and I discover it's not, at least I learned something. Right. And I think sometimes I, I know I used to be so afraid of just asking questions. And so I went on this journey of, you know, I, I, I love truth from everywhere. Like I really do. I was taking an Eastern philosophy, religious class. I was going to different Christian churches. I was going to Buddhist temples and I was seeking and I didn't even know, to be honest, if I was like, is there a God? Like, I don't, so I'd get on my knees and I'd be like, I think this is what they do. And I'd be like, God, if you're there, like, this is Henry and I'll be any religion that you want me to be, right? I'll go anywhere you want me to be. If you're there, like, I don't know, maybe I feel like I'm talking to myself. But I said, at least if I die and there is a God, at least I could say I searched. You know what I mean? Like, that was my personal, this is for Henry, right? Like, I, I'm just going to tell you my journey and your journey is yours. And it was very interesting because as I was seeking um, I had a, a moment where um, I, you know, at the time it was really funny because, and, and I, I, my friends, so some of them are so like, I had my eyebrow pierced, my ears were pierced. I was in a music group and I was doing all the things, you know, and I was seeking and going to different places. And I met this guy who, who was um, a leader at the, at the congregation that I went to go visit. And, uh, I was telling my wife, you know, and I was like, listen, like, I don't, you know, uh, 
I don't know you. I know you guys believe in Jesus. I don't know who they, people tell me he died for me. I don't know what that means, but cool. You know? And, and I tell him everything. And in my mind, I'm like, he's either going to have a heart attack or kick me out because I was not living the standards of the church. Right. And you, you, we typically judge the culture of the church as judgmental and shame driven, which I think a lot of people are, to be honest. And I think that needs to shift in my opinion. I think if you know, God in any place is love, right? Like it just is loving. Like, I don't care what you've done or who you are or where you've been. Like no one has a right to judge you. It's not even theirs, right? It's you're loved regardless, period. And at the time I, I, you know, I only experienced like, you need to do this and this is what you do and blah, 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 blah. But the, at the end of it, I was like, the guy was like, Henry, it's just great that you're here. And I was like, uh, in my mind, I was like, maybe he has a hearing aid. He didn't hear me because I do live this dude's standards. You know what I mean? I was like doing my thing. And I said, I don't think you heard what I said. And he goes, why? And I said, because I don't live your standard. I don't live the standards of quote unquote, the church. And now it's like, not just about the church. I'll explain where that went. He goes, Henry, nobody does. That's why we believe in Jesus. And we believe that like, no matter where you are, like you're good. Like just keep, he goes, just come live it. Like live, do the things that, you know, just pray and seek and connect and see what happens. Just try it for six months. Just see what happens. I was like, oh, maybe, you know, I'll think about it. But I went to the car and I had this very beautiful spiritual experience. And I said, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a shot. So I stopped doing certain things that I thought, okay, well, let me just give it a shot. I stopped drinking. Um, I just kind of went on this path of prayer and reading and connecting and doing all these things. And I, my life just started to pivot. It wasn't easy at first. And I'll tell everybody this, because sometimes we think even the path of personal development or spirituality or anything, when we think, Oh, when I come to this, it's all of a sudden going to be a golden road put ahead for me. And it's going to be great. Like I got to shift my whole identity. Like I, my ex-girlfriend at the time, my girlfriend at the time was like, not going to take me down that path. Right. My lifestyle, whatever that was. And on top of that, I, my family was like, what are you doing? Like, that's not what we do. Like it was against the grind of everything, but I had to follow the path of light to me. I had to follow that path for me so I could see where it ends up for myself. And I remember um, sitting down and um, it's a really interesting story because life was pretty hard. It felt like it got hard. And I was sitting there like praying and I was like, God, if dude, I thought things were going to get easier as I was on this path. Why does it feel like everything is harder? And I said, I'll, I'll do whatever is right because it's right. I don't care if it's easy or not. Like I've never been somebody to do the easier thing if it's not right. Or Sorry. I don't want to be the person that doesn't do the easy thing that isn't right, you know? Not, and by right, I mean good for my higher purpose, for the higher good of myself and people I love, like those things, right? Because I think sometimes right means like judgmentally right or wrong. I, I mean more things that are elevating, things that are true, that I believe are true. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, God, like this is hard. I said, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing to live under a bridge if I need to. I don't think that's what you want, but I, I'm willing to do whatever. I said, but can you give me something? Like, just give me something that to help me understand, to help my, yeah, just to help me keep going on this path. And I remember I, at the time I had these, like this, you know, you have apps now with all scriptures and spiritual works and stuff, but I had this like scripture in front of me and I opened it up and it, it hit Romans chapter eight, verse 28 in the new Testament. And if you don't believe in Christianity, just take the principle of this. Okay. Like the principle is good regardless. Right. And it says all things work together for good 
to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But I was like, all things work together for good. That's cool. And I was like, it's kind of like those Instagram quotes that you put up and you're like, this is really good. And you move on with life, even though it was probably a lot of good information, right? Like we share the quote and we move on without even like thinking, how can I really apply this? Is this true? You know, you're like, oh, that's good. Share. And I, it was really fascinating because I left all my stuff at this house. I got on the train and I'm on this train and my head's down and I'm like thinking about life and family and career and just everything felt so heavy. And all of a sudden I felt this person's presence come towards me slowly. And you know, when you know something is like there, but you're not looking, but you feel like the presence of it. And I look up and there was a guy on crutches walking right at me. And it was taking a while because he was on crutches and I was like, okay, I wonder what he wants. And it was like, felt like 10 minutes, but it probably was only like 30 seconds. And finally he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, and he goes, when God says all things, he means all things. He didn't say some things. He didn't say a little bit of things. He didn't say nothing. He said all things. He means all things. All things will work together for your good. Stay on the path. And I was like, uh, what the heck was that? And I got so caught up in my head. I don't know whatever happened to that guy, but I was like, man, I need to ask myself some real questions. Like I'm, I'm growing to believe in God. And now I want to learn to believe God that I am loved regardless, that things work out for me, that I could find peace in the middle of the chaos, that I could learn to heal, that I could learn to evolve, that I could learn to love myself that I could learn to love others. And as I was studying, I was like, wow, like, I think we miss the mark sometimes in, in the personally in the Christian space where it says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, mind, and strength and love your neighbors as yourself. Right. And sometimes you think loving ourselves is selfish. No, it's selfish if you don't love yourself at all, or if you only love yourself, it's actually like, you know, and I realized, oh my gosh, like I have to build a new relationship with myself, a new relationship with God and relationship with people I love. And honestly, like, I am so grateful for this path and for the spiritual connection that I'm able to have, because I, I'll tell you, I wouldn't be the same person hundred percent without that spiritual journey companion, um, companionship of that journey for me. And so, you know, I, I grew to in that journey and, and, um, it's interesting because I, I was just telling Anne this, um, we started this group called the King will come. And in the King will come, it's the idea of just come as you are, be authentic. Like there's no, there's no like thing you need to be outside of your pathway and where you are to feel loved and to feel safe and to feel seen. And it was come build your relationship with whatever that is with God for you. And we started this just because I knew that's what I needed because sometimes we feel such a stigma to whether it's Christianity or just spirituality or whatever because of spiritual override we've had in the past or people judging you in the name of spirituality. When I was like, you know what? People just need to know that they're loved because that's what I needed. I needed to the foundation of love yourself where you like, I need to feel not shame, but love. And so we built this group and we started this, this thing where we just had amazing musicians singing authentic songs about where they were, but to see it grow so much, it went from like, 50 people, no, 200 people to 300 people to 500 to 700 to like 2000 people. And now we released a song called yet called the, by the King will come online. And it was like, you know, it's had tens of millions of, of hits and views and it was on the charts. 
not because it's telling you what to do, but because it's expressing an authentic expression of like, God, I'm just doing my best, you know, and I'm just here. And so my, my whole journey to God was a journey of love, a journey of re and re understanding what it meant to connect. And for me, it's Jesus. I love Jesus and I love God. And I, I, I love this journey. And, um, and I know there's a lot of pain associated to that for some people. And there's a lot of blessings associated with that for people. And so I respect everybody's journey. One of my other, one of my best friends is, is Jewish and I love him. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not closed minded to anything else. I love truth is truth is truth. And the journey that I've discovered to Christianity and to um, the Lord was just like such a beautiful sacred place that it gives me so much peace in the midst of like my chaotic life. And it brings my family a sense of light and safety and security and helps our girls. Um, you know, little Jojo, when she was about to have surgery, it was so sweet because she was so scared. And then the first thing she said was, mom, I just want to, I just want to pray. I just want to, can I just pray? And she prayed and she, she found peace in that. And for me, it's like, I found something that's truly been effective and I don't share it um, from a place of you need to do this. I share it from a place of man, it's been such a gift in my life, you know? And so I invite anybody to take the journey of seeking truth and whatever that is for you. And I think if you seek truth and light, you'll end up, you'll end up where you need to end up. And I know like, and I could share with you my journey, like, honestly, like I, like my whole world, it's 1111 funny enough. So if you follow, like, you know, there's my little picture, there's my screensaver, you know, 1111. So there you go. I don't, I wasn't planning that. And so, um, what does that mean? Right. So, and so that's my screensaver. And so for me, it's a constant reminder of like, man, what a blessing it is that I get not only to live my life by myself, but I get spiritual guidance from something that's so much bigger. And I've had so many moments like that guy in the train in my life that have come to me when I needed it, when my mom was dying of cancer and died of cancer, when I've had very difficult times, when I've had very great times, when I'm struggling, it's been such an anchor. I love that you went on that journey just to seek and to be curious. Because a lot of times, especially if you didn't grow up that way, you just think this is the way it is. And to be able to ask those questions and just think, what if there is a different way? I think it was really brave. And I'm sure it took a lot of courage, especially living the life that you said you were thinking, oh my gosh, what is this pastor going to say when I reveal all of this? And I'm so thankful that he, you know, just showed love. And I think for all of us of just wherever we're at, you're right. People don't need judgment. They need to be loved right where they're at. Because you're never going to shame somebody into quote unquote a religion, I think. Yeah. One of my friends, Phil Zahn, who's such a beautiful soul. um, He said, if you... It was really interesting. He said, if you seek truth, you may find love. But if you follow love, you'll get to truth. So good. Yeah, I love that quote. And he also, you know, and and, and in the context of he's such a, uh, he's such a good dude. He's um, going to be a brother. But he also said, you know, if for anybody that believes in Jesus, he said, if you follow Jesus, you're going to follow him right into loving yourself. Because that's the love that God has for you, that the Lord has for you. So it's really cool. And I think, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool, man. I am so grateful. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And it's been, you know, a similar journey. I, I heard it a few years ago. I'm just, you know, I've never really thought about it. I grew up Catholic and then 
Jeff and I became Christians later after we were married. And it was somebody said, you know, you have gifts and talents to bring the world that only you have. Like God created you that way. And it took me a long time to believe that, to really think. But I'm thinking, you know what? If I really believe this and that God created me, I have to believe that, that I have to show up and, you know, use those gifts and talents like I'm supposed to. If I play it small or if I don't step out and love people the way I'm supposed to or the way I'm called to, that only I can do, then I'm not honoring God with those gifts. Yeah. It's, it's funny because sometimes I think we're, we feel like we're supposed to be put in a box, but the reality is to me, if, if spirituality is done right, it enhances who you are. You know, it takes all your unique qualities and it's like a magnifier of like brightness. And I remember there was a, a time where I was visiting a very conservative university, you know, and uh, this was my exploration times. Right. And at the time I had this, like, you know, I still have blonde hair, but I had this like crazy hair, this like ripped shirt. I had my like ripped jeans and I, and I had sideburns down here. And the, the university was so conservative that like you, you couldn't have sideburns, right? Like it's this whole thing. And it's, it was, um, this is like my friends were in Utah and they were of the LDS faith. And I'm walking down the university and I'm seeing everybody wear like a polo shirt and shorts. And I'm sitting there like, whoa, I stand out like a sore thumb, you know? And, uh, and I'm walking and all of a sudden I was like, the praying, I was like, and, you know, I'm always asking questions, not because it's like, oh, I felt, I was like, am I supposed to change how I dress? Do I need to look quote unquote cleaner? Right? Like I'm just asking. And I was like, you know, and if, if this is, it was, you know, if they believe in Jesus and I was like, well, if Jesus was different and did who he, what he did, then maybe it's like, and it was so funny because talk about an answer, my head's down and I'm thinking, and I start to feel the spirit get stronger and stronger. And I look up and the former president of that university was standing right in front of me on campus. So I'm obviously not dressed for it. And he just looks at me and he's like a leader in, in that church. And he goes, he hits me on the shoulder and he goes, don't worry, you look good and keeps walking. Oh, and wow. Just, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then I realized looking back, if I tried to change and be anything other than an expression of light through and love through who I am, I wouldn't be on stages in front of 45,000 people at music festivals. I wouldn't be building one right now. I wouldn't be doing all these things that have impacted hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives, millions of lives actually, through these festivals that I've been able to walk into because I honor the creative expression of who I am with an intention to be a light and a lover in this world. And so we're not supposed, to, we weren't created differently, we put in a box, right? Like we, we, we literally all have such a unique expression of who we are. So when I compare myself to anybody else, it doesn't make sense. But here's one thing that I'll, I'll leave for the audience that I think is so good. I remember seeing people like, you know, we talk about comparison. And if you see somebody, I remember when I was earlier on in my, um, one of the modalities I learned was neuro-linguistic programming, right? The language of the subconscious mind. And so I was there and I, see that I saw this guy just speaking with so much passion and power and just energy. And I look up and I was like, that is so dope that he's free and he's, he's fearless in his pursuit of his voice. And, um, and all of a sudden, like my mentor comes up to me and she goes, Henry, do you like, what do you like about him? And I was like, well, he's confident. He speaks with like boldness and freedom and he is who he is. And she goes, if you spot it, you got it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, 
like Sandra, that was awesome. And it made me realize like what you see in other people that you like is, is in you. And at the same time, it's a unique expression version of you. That fearless unleashed energy wasn't the way he did it in a shirt and tie with business people, even though I wear shirt and ties sometimes. It was, it's my expression of who I am and to be an intention and serve with love and with energy, with the energy of love and light and, and just showing up and being an instrument of that, you know? And so we're not supposed to compare ourselves to anybody, but what we know in our lives, and maybe I could learn something from you. I see Anne and I'm like, Anne's an entrepreneur. She runs this thing and she has this drive and she's like resilient in everything she does. And I see her courageous and stepping into like more and more. And I, I see that in you. I'm like, I love Anne's courage. And it makes me say, huh? Well, there's a part of you that loves that part of her. So that same courage that Anne has is in you or the same passion that Henry has. You're like, I really like when Henry was saying this and I wish I could have that peace of mind. Well, that's in you and it's possible, you know? And so that was a really cool uh, thing that she had told me. It was really awesome. I like that a lot because, you know, when it, when you talk about hope earlier, like it gives me hope because when I see you, like, that's what I see is like, you are a light out there, but you do it in a way that's just you. Like you don't pretend to be somebody you're not, and you don't show up in a suit and tie when you're just supposed to be Henry showing up as who you are and, or just showing up in a world that maybe doesn't love that, you know, like that aren't followers of Jesus or have no idea about like, what does that even mean that you just show up and you are that person. And I, I, I love that in you. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful, man. I, you know, I realize in my life that when I'm living at the, in the most authentic state, it creates connection with the right people. You know, if I have to put on a different face to be friends with you, then you're not really my friend, you know? And I'm not saying I, it's like, oh, this is just me. It's like, no, like I'm open to growth. However, the most authentic expression of love through me, it will only attract my real people. And I, if I, if I try to be anybody other than who I am, then I'm going to have to wear a mask the rest of my life just to maintain versus like, why not just live in the highest expression of who I am and call in all the things that are for me, you know? And I think that that energetically is like a bat signal. Like, well, who am I? Am I calling in Batman or am I calling in whoever, right? And so who am I calling in by being somebody outside of who I am? I'm calling in everything that's not for me. Yeah. And I think it's so easy though to do. I know that I was guilty of that for a long time of just putting on the mask because again, you don't want somebody to see the real you of, but you call in the wrong people. And so I think just showing up and being authentic, although it's hard sometimes, I think you really attract the people that you're supposed to. Yeah. And you know, I, sometimes I feel like that fear of judgment part of me show up and I'm like, and, and as soon as I could be aware of it, I understand it's my body just trying to like be you know, to, to keep me safe or connected to people. And I think it's really important that I understand it's going to come right. Fears will show up fear of what people think or fear of not being enough or fear of like needing to pretend or being inauthentic. But the sooner I, I remind myself and bring myself back home and call it walking myself back home. It's so much better. I look, I, it's funny because people see me and they're like, I, I, and I'm not saying I'm the most confident person I know, but I'm for sure a billion times more confident than I've ever been. And I will be even more right. And but some of my friends are like, dude, you're the most confident person you know. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It's funny because I still 
fears still show up for me. It's not a matter of if I have fears, it's a matter of when, and when these insecurities or fears are, because when you start leveling up, new level, new devil, right? Like it's like, I will hit resistance. And because it's a newer, it's like in order to accomplish the next thing that I want to accomplish, I have to step into a new set of belief systems. I have to break, you know, these habits and these patterns that are keeping me back. I have to resolve my past traumas, resolve my past belief systems. I have to reprogram my subconscious mind and my nervous system for the future I'm going towards. Because if you didn't have those limits, you'd already be there. And I will always have resistance going forward because I'm moving forward, right? When I go to the gym, if I start, like, if I, this is, if I just curl this Sharpie, I'm never really going to grow. But once, if it was hard for me, eventually this will be easy. Then I'll go to the next thing. You know, I'll curl this water bottle, whatever that is. And so there's always more resistance. And somebody else's resistance isn't the same as yours. Because if you go to the gym and someone's trying to go from 10 pounds to 15 pounds, I mean, you know this, you're, you're a fitness person. It might feel the same to somebody else that's going from 70 to 75 pounds. Like there's still that level of growth no matter where you are. And that's the beautiful part about it is like, that's why I can't compare my, you know, my fears to yours. I can learn from yours. But the reality is that you will have resistance. You will have limits. If you don't, maybe you're not trying to grow, right? Because whenever you go to do anything new, you will have one of two things. Your mind's going to be like, what are you doing? We've never done this before. Or do you remember the last time you did that and you failed? Or the last time you did that, you got hurt? Or the last time you did that and like, this is what happened. And then the, the you know, the trauma responses or the emo overwhelming life experience responses show up. You know, I, I think it's important to have compassion as we move forward, expecting resistance, expecting those thoughts to show up. And then when they do show up, make sure they're messengers and not dictators. Make sure that they lead you to your freedom and not to your bondage. And I think that's the beauty of it because your emotions will lead you to freedom or your emotions will lead you to bondage depending on how you perceive them, how you love them and how you feel about them. So good. So good. What would you say to a person that, you know, maybe they're hearing this and they're kind of asking that question. Well, okay. I, I understand the question. Henry asked, like, what if there is a God, but they have no idea of where to go next or what to do with that. If we look back at your original journey and you think if you could talk to Henry way back there and, and just give them some tips or advice of somebody that was just starting, what would you say to that person? Is It sounds maybe so like cliche, but it's follow the light. Seek and then follow it, right? It'll lead you, right? And I think, I remember when I first started, I was just like, if I think it's good or I think it's God, because I, I, I'm just going to do it or follow it. Like, and it was just as receptive as I could be. And, and I listened and I put in the work and I just sought it out. And then I, I would just say, do your best to start with the foundation that God is for you, like completely for you. And as you seek, it's not like, oh, well, you've done all these things. It's like, you look at, if, you know, in the, the prodigal son, right? Like he was out doing all these things and then he comes back home and a party's thrown for him, right? Like, it's like, I think we judge God based off of our earthly relationships. And it's so far from that because I've never experienced an unconditionally loving being on this earth. Maybe the closest was my mother, right? But she was a human, right? And I'm a human, um, but recognizing, just doing the best you can to recognize or at least attempt to believe that God is for you and loves you right where you are. And that as you seek, just follow. And maybe you're hearing this for a reason and maybe you just feel like, you know what? The first thing I should do is this, just do that. And then be open to the next thing and the next thing. If you have questions, ask somebody, listen, here's the big thing. Um, 
some some things I do, people don't understand. But if you want math, go to the math teacher, not the English teacher. Go to where you can find out about it. Don't go somewhere where somebody isn't living it or, you know, someone's living a life that you like and a life, a life of peace, then go find out what they're doing. If somebody's living a life close to God and that you like their relationship with God and there's like a sense of love and connection, then ask that person. Don't ask the person that's like, you're like, oh man, like, you know, and so seek truth, follow the light and just know that like God is for you. And it may not be an easy journey because it is a shifting journey. It will shift you and it will change you. But in the best way, I am more free now than I've ever been. I feel more love in my life than I ever have. And it's not just because of what I see with my eyes, but I, I, and I'll just say this, man, and this is bold and this is blunt and this is my belief and you can get and whatever it means for you. But like, I used to think people were crazy when they're like, man, I, I know God lives. Like it's so present in my life. Like God is so present. There was this, I cannot explain consciously experiences that I've had, but I would have never had those experiences had I not attempted to see things outside of my natural eyes. Because to me, those things don't come from my natural eyes. They come from a spiritual connected place. You know what I mean? And so I, uh, I'm just really grateful for this journey and recognize it's a journey. You're not in a rush. Like there's nowhere to rush to like, uh, but start by asking questions to people that you believe are following that go see what they're doing and just try it. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's scriptures. Maybe it's go to a church and just say, I'm going to attempt it out. I went to so many different churches. I went to like, literally my whole journey was, I was like, I'm just seeking God. If you're there, like, I believe you're for me. And I went to like, even the Buddhist temple and the Christian churches. And all of a sudden, like I was led and it was, it was, I was there. And so even, and, and this is the last thing I'll say about this for now is I had this thought that like, even if I was, and this is probably contrary to what a lot of people believe, but even if I like was following and I did the best I could to find truth. And even if I quote unquote, which I don't quote unquote, miss the mark, I believe that God knows my heart and knows I'm genuinely seeking. Yeah. I could release all the guilt of trying to rush to something that, you know, of course I seek with all my heart. I am a diligent, like you see, I have a Jesus screensaver. I read my scriptures this morning. I prayed this morning. I went outside and connected this morning. Like I am a diligent seeker and I know that God is for me. I feel peaceful in the journey. I find joy in the journey, you know? And so um, be kind to yourself in the process, seek truth, find someone that has light and just that, that might be for a seed and it'll lead you to the next thing. It leads you to the next thing. It leads you to the next thing. The next thing you know, like GPS, you go down the street for two blocks and then you, it tells you to make a right. Then you make a right and then you go left and you're like, ah, oh, I like this destination so much better. There's so much more light here. It was raining a little bit back there and it may be raining here, but at least there's shelter, you know? And so that was, that was initially off the cuff and off of my heart, you know, that's, um, and maybe there's one part of that that might stick for you, but whatever you feel in your heart is the right thing to do, start there. I think that's such good advice. And I think you're right. That the path will open up if you just take the first step and start. Henry, I feel like there's a million more questions that I want to ask you and we could go on for hours. But as we wrap up today, 
is there anything we haven't covered that you just, you feel on your heart that you, you really want to share with the audience? Absolutely. I feel so strongly to say this. And if you don't believe it, just do the best you can or take my words on it until you do. But if you're listening or watching, you're loved. Like you're loved as you are. Like, it's not like you need to get somewhere to be loved. And if you allow yourself to be loved now, then that'll just enhance you to the place you want to be. Sometimes we think we have to get to a place to be loved, but we have to love ourselves to get to the place or allow love in from God, from self, from others and the right people, right? Like boundaries are important. Side note, I have a TED talk on it. You don't need to explain it here. It's like 10 minutes long. Go listen to it. Um, but having the right people in your inner circle that can love you where you are and love you enough not to keep you where you are, but do it with so, so much love and kindness and gentleness. Um, these communities, like Amberly's event, you guys, like I think both of us will be there next year. Places like that are where Ann and I met. So surround yourself with really good people, people that help you see yourself in the, through the lens of love and through the lens of safety. Um, and just, and if you could just remember one thing, like, and I just feel to say this, that God does love you regardless of what you've done. Regardless, man. Like sometimes we, we think that the way we judge ourselves is how divinity judges you, but it's not. Like there's so much love regardless of what you've done and where you are and, um, and who you are. And, and I just think that going to that place of safety and love will only help heal you so much quicker. And, um, and I know for me, I have such high standards and I'll, I'll say this line is I was writing my book and um, my high standards, I realized became my downfall when I attached fears to them because I felt like if I don't reach them, then I'm not enough. Perfectionism hit in, a high standard kid in, but it's okay to have high standards and love yourself where you are. And if you're listening to this podcast to the end, you have high standards because you're putting work into yourself, right? Like this is an act of self-love and you also put work into yourself. If you're listening to this right now, you listen to the end of this podcast. So you for sure have high standards. So just love yourself where you are and just accept the fact that you are loved and you're lovable and you can be loved. And from that place, and just start building the relationship. You don't build relationships overnight with others and you won't do that with yourself. And with God, like, I believe like, I, I this is, sorry, I said that was last thing. This is the last thing. For me, in the spiritual context, even in my relationship with God, I realized that he was always there and loved me, but I just didn't believe it because I didn't think that I was lovable. I felt like I was so far fetched down the road. How can I be lovable if I'm living so far from quote unquote, what I'm supposed to be living and I should be this and I should be that. But honestly, the greatest growth happened when I realized that I was so loved where I was at. And I think that's why I'm so loyal. I'm like, wow, that's like the only place I found a true sense of safety and love, regardless of where I am or who I'm with. Wow. I think that just wraps it up so perfectly of, you know, loving yourself and finding that is just such a better place to live. I see it in you. I see it in other people of when you do that and when you have a higher purpose, you're truly just free. You're free yeah. to be new because you know you are lost. Yeah. Freedom, man. So good. I know people are going to want to connect more with you. What's the best way to do that? Um, yeah, any socials or podcasts. So socials um, at Henry Amar, H-E-N-R-Y-A-M-M-A-R on Instagram or making it happen with Henry Amar as a podcast or um, I'm relaunching a website probably in a month or two. Um, but 
henrymar.com or I think TikTok. I lost my old account, so it's the Henry Amar on TikTok because I can't access my old one. So anywhere you want to find me, I'm there and I'm just grateful for this community and grateful for all you do. And thank you for the light you give the world. And, and yeah, you know, be the person. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I truly appreciate it. It was, um, I was pretty nervous to do this interview and to ask you because you're someone I really looked up to for a long time. So I appreciate you doing that. And you know somebody that needs this podcast or you think would benefit, I would just ask that you share it with them. And yes. then it would mean the world if you would give us a five-star review. So thank you so much. Yeah. Bye.